I had zero pounds in my account. I was working full time. I was putting most of my money into nursery fees. That's the honest truth. Two children in nursery. I always knew that there was something out there for me. And honestly, I didn't think it was cheese. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm actually making money from cheese. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> At the beginning, honestly, a lot of people may not share your vision that you can't expect everyone to be jumping on with you at the beginning. When I was walking out of my corporate job, going on maternity leave, goodbye, corporate career. You do all the marketing, but if you're not looking at the numbers, you're not gonna progress. I don't know what anyone else is doing in the industry, especially with kids, being very vulnerable in saying, actually, you know what, I'm struggling, I need help. It's okay, you're not a failure for doing that overnight. So I lost all my clients within a week, email after email. Burnout is a really kind of like emotional word for me because I've had such a, a big experience with it. It's the mindset that you can't have a break. That's the issue. Taking a day out from your work is not going to have an impact on your overall output. When something is really difficult and I'm really struggling to like get through a certain phase, I'm like, I'm onto something. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 253 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, joined this week by the fantastic Mako, who you might have heard if you came to my London podcast event earlier in the year. You're the founder of Berry and Brie, which we'll hear more about within this episode. And I'm very excited to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here as well and um, such an amazing opportunity to have a chat with you again. I can't believe this is your first podcast episode. It is. <laughs> I thought there's like people in my head where I'm like, of course they've been on a podcast before. Like you've done amazing things in your business. Like I feel honored that this is your, your debut with sharing more of the behind the scenes. So do I. I have <laughs> spoken at live events, but sure. a podcast is a new thing. So this is going to be a really fun experience. Ah, well, it's so good to have you. <laughs> Could you kick us off with a little bit of context on, as I said in the intro, kind of you run Berry and Brie. Tell us a little bit more about what that business is and perhaps kind of the, the origin. What, what first sparked that business idea? Okay, so Berry and Brie is a grazing catering company. We started five years ago. I was working full time. That's the real back end of the story. And I was working a corporate job mm. in central London and had one child at the time. So Berry and Brie was that kind of thing I did in the middle of my maternity leave. It started off with me just really taking inspiration from online um, platters and cheese boards. And I posted this online on Facebook, mums groups, and just shared my creations. Yeah, on Facebook, really, that's how it started. From there, I got orders. I posted on social media platters that I'd created just from home in the back end, just having a bit of fun. And it translated into bookings from clients that were on Facebook. So it kind of rolled over into the year after I was working and doing um, some orders whilst working full time. Went on to my second maternity leave and that's where the business really shifted and I was taking on a lot more orders and juggling full-time career, business that's booming and two young children. <laughs> it goes on again, I had another child. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> for tired um, just listening to this. <laughs> had another child and in my third maternity leave that's when the pandemic happened so the berry and brie that everyone knows today that's basically where it started I would say that's the big oh gosh, shift incredible and I mean wild that every single maternity leave kind of also was partnered with another significant thing in the business you know whether that was starting the business in your first one kind of taking the business full-time in your second one and then the third one obviously the, the very unexpected events of 2020 <laughs> happening the panorama. there as well <laughs> <laughs> the panorama I remember yes. you calling that when you're on the panel and I was like that's a perfect way for us to look at yeah, it yeah it's a cinematic experience honestly <laughs> lots of drama very intense a thriller all of it all in one yeah I yeah. mean intense for all businesses but particularly when what you do is a product based and be primarily events based which obviously we can talk more in a bit about kind of the way that Barry and Brie has evolved and kind of the you know different ways that the business operates today versus perhaps how it first began like you said over yeah. on Facebook when you were first kind of making those you know grazing tables grazing boxes you know different boards did you know at that point, hey, I'm sowing the seeds for a business here? Or was it more of a, I'm on maternity leave, what can I do? Do you think your past self would be shocked to see you here today? Yes, I'll be completely honest. I had zero pounds in my account. I was working full time, um, mm. trying to build my career in program management. I'm a quantity surveyor by background. I was putting most of my money into nursery fees. That's the honest truth. Two children in nursery, as you know, like 
London costs are really high. <laughs> I was literally like on zero at the end of the month. So I wasn't really looking at um, a business. I always knew that there was something out there for me that was different from what I was doing. I mm. just didn't know when. And honestly, I didn't think it was cheese, <laughs> which is what shocks me today. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm actually making money from cheese. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that like a seven-year-old would write when someone says like, what do you want to do? And you're older, they'd be like, cheese. Exactly. And, like that did actually happen. Yeah, for it happened for <laughs> me. It's something that I just never thought we would kind of be doing, working with cheese every day. And now that's my main source of income. So wow. um, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> do you like cheese? Fun fact, no. <laughs> I like That's certain amazing. types of cheese, but I wouldn't really have a party and throw a full grazing table. I'm from an African background. So mm -hmm. when we're like, this is probably where the business kind of stemmed from hosting. Yeah. So I'm always having people over. I'm the eldest girl in my family. So whenever we have a party, it's food. Okay. So I'm always in the kitchen cooking like big spreads, big buffets. And in our culture, we just always have hot food, loads of different types of hot food. So if I was to serve my family cheese, they'll be like, what's going on? That's <laughs> hilarious. So if you served them a berry and brie exactly. grazing table, they'd be like, oh, yeah, so nice. They would it's have good. it as like a starter. But like, <laughs> like when's the yeah, exactly, out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I always find it so funny when people's businesses actually sit in a little bit of contrast to perhaps their own preferences or culture, whatever it might be. Often, and I think maybe even more than often, most of the time, I think our past selves would have never predicted the businesses that we run now. It's not like you're like, oh yeah, age 10, I was obsessed with cheese and age 15, you know, they kind of come out of nowhere, but. Exactly, I didn't have a business plan for like a year and a half because yeah. I didn't see it as something that was going to be a business. It was mm. a hobby turned into something that was making me income and I realized actually this is a lot better for my lifestyle mm. um, than going into the office 24 seven um, and leaving my kids in nursery and seeing them for 30 minutes a day. Completely understand that. And so kind of tapping into there some of those early days, you know, you said yourself, it was full-time career, multiple children, business. What did that look like behind the scenes? Behind the scenes, it was very hard. I think that's, there's a lot of adjectives I could describe <laughs> it, but I, I would say it was very hard. I was, you know, transitioning through having been married, got married and had children quite early on mm. and going into motherhood and then growing a career and then also growing a business, which I didn't realize it was at the time. It was a lot. So to give context, I'm dropping off my kids at seven in the morning and seeing them at 6 p.m. Mm. And sometimes I'd be doing events, like there would be a lot of swapping. I'd do events in the morning, not even see them at all, go into work. During my lunch, I didn't have lunch breaks. <laughs> my lunch breaks was Berry and Brie. And I'm responding to emails and trying to push things along with the clients that I did have, mm. come back home, see my kids for 30 minutes. And that was that for like a good two years before I really had that shift where I could actually you know pull back a bit with my uh, corporate career mm. so that was quite challenging yeah and I so appreciate that honesty of both like what those trade-offs were and for how long that happened for you because I think it's, it's easy isn't it to hear people talk about the early days and kind of gloss over it slightly and just go exactly. oh yeah I had to work really hard at the start but you know we're here now and it's a little bit easier now and whatever whatever but I mean that's that that start period that so many people listening will resonate with perhaps be in themselves where I think the biggest question you ask yourself is like is this going to be worth it am exactly. I doing the wrong thing is <laughs> exactly. that so you know when you were kind of having those long days and by the sounds of it juggling so many different really important priorities to you what kind of kept you doing that did you know and hope it would lead to something was it just were you loving it this kind of falls into my temperament and just who I am as a person right once I'm onto something I'm gonna make sure I've like exhausted it mm -hmm. before I move on or just make sure that I know that okay this didn't work because I've tried my very best sure and let's move so in in all these changes and I guess at the time things were happening so fast so it's like I started off with a few orders and then we're into Valentine's and I'm getting loads of orders Then it goes quiet. Then I had summer and it goes really busy. So I was at that stage where I'm like, I'm not sure where this is taking me. So I can't really retreat because of that. It just gave me the urge to keep going despite mm. all the setbacks and the hardships that came with juggling everything. I think it's just that determination to figure out what's on the other side. <laughs> yeah. It's always <laughs> intense curiosity, isn't it? Exactly. Like, I don't really know if this is going to work or how it would work, but I'm onto something. So let me just 
keep going and yeah. see. In those times then when kind of you were really having to put in the work and juggle a lot, did you have people around you, kind of family, friends, you know, your corporate workplace kind of be supportive of that? Or did it have to be one of those seasons where actually you just go, I've got to do this myself and kind of find that support within? So I'll be completely honest. And I always actually say this outside of business. I don't know if you resonate with this as well. At the beginning of Bering Brie, honestly, a lot of people may not share your vision or see where you're going or where you're heading to. Yeah. And in that time, I had this really weird phase where I'm telling people about this thing that I'm doing and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy girl, like yeah. onto her next adventure. Like, oh, Mako's onto something again. <laughs> exactly. Leave her to it. <laughs> so I think it was only after about a year and a half and people started to see, oh, you've catered for xyz oh you're onto something that's when not that they didn't want to support me but i think they just didn't understand mm. what was involved or how much support i actually needed and what i was actually carrying because i'm a very much get on with it person mm -hmm. and that's how people know me so i was just getting on with it for the first year really yeah and then after a year i realized i'm burning out i can't do this anymore and that's when i was like mum, sisters everyone this is what i'm dealing with you know mm. and that's when they start to see like wow you're actually on to something because the first conversation I had with my family was I've got all these names I had about 10 names okay <laughs> and they were like honestly I, I've actually screenshotted that message I sent to them back in August 2018 and I sent this to like all my friends and family and I was like I've got these 10 names can you choose a name for my business oh wow <laughs> I love it so like <laughs> bit of a survey I think they were just like you're crazy like what is this because it you're was crazy, cheesy it's like berry and brie and they were like yeah exactly <laughs> so I was reading some of the messages from people in like option four but option seven and eight sounds nice you know some guys are like some yeah. of my guy friends as well they're like what is this this is so silly um but now they laugh at it and they're like oh my gosh we had no idea that you were actually on to something at that time yeah so um yeah it's quite interesting how community kind mm. of feeds in and I don't I think there's a realistic expectation that you can't expect everyone to be jumping on with you at the beginning mm. and not to like feel set back about that and that was my experience yeah and I so appreciate you sharing that because I completely resonate with that feeling of very very early days you know for everyone it'll be a different time period but you know generally those first few months where there is no traction that you can't say I've done a, a grazing table for insert big brand name that you've yeah. worked with before you know you can't say those things that help people kind of get what it is that you're sharing yeah understandably their lack of enthusiasm and perhaps instead of that maybe their cynicism or their concern comes from a good place right exactly. people are just they're a bit anxious maybe about taking big risks so they project that onto you and, and that's just them being human and, and caring for you in the way that they know but I completely resonate with that experience where there is that tipping point where suddenly people kind of start to get it and it almost sounds quite similar with your experience there where for me it's definitely been the moments that haven't actually meant the most to me but have meant the most to others around me whether it's the names that they know like I remember earlier in the year my feature in Forbes you know meant a huge amount to me yeah. but I was really shocked by what a reaction it got it's huge. from some people. But you know those things where you're like, yes, I've been doing, like, <laughs> this is what I've been doing for seven years. But they kind of need to, yeah. th they need those little, you know, oh, I spoke on this stage or worked with this brand. And then they go, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This is a little <laughs> hobby. Like maybe you are actually building something now. And exactly. I, I love what you said there of having um, fair expectations of people. Because I do sometimes see some stuff going around that's quite harsh around like you know if people don't support your business they're not real friends and I think actually like I'm not that interested in their corporate careers I'll be I'll be honest with you it's quite hard for me it was hard to accept that my business is not like it's not really a reflection on my friendships and when you get to that point you realize that the help that I do get I will embrace it yes and where it's not there it's fine like I'll find another option because the two are quite separate in a way. Um, yeah. And especially at the beginning, because that's where you're kind of like trying to grab onto every little bit of help that you can get. Mm -hmm. And when you're not getting it in some places, it can be so disheartening. And that was my honest experience of it. But now I really don't care. Like if you're not available, it's fine. 
yeah if you can help me great amazing big hugs mm. you know and I just move on like that and sometimes the help comes from the places you don't always think as well and it's just really good to be quite open and honest and vulnerable mm. so I've had to be very vulnerable especially with kids being very vulnerable in saying actually you know what I'm struggling I need help it's okay you're not a failure for doing that and that's what I've had to learn mm. like really massively along along yeah because you were saying you had that point kind of a year and a half in of feeling that bit of burnout and going to your family around you and asking for help was that something you had to navigate then the kind of you know I don't want to put words in your mouth but often the kind of shame that we can put on ourselves for even needing help in the first place because you know as women we're meant to have it all and do it all and and be owning that yeah what was that like for you so for me it was like you're going to work you've just had kids why are you doing this yourself like why are you trying Mm. to start a whole new thing and like add on pressure to yourself and at the same time you're then asking for the help to help with the pressure that everyone's telling you you don't need to put on yourself right that makes sense yeah 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 they're like Uh, stop doing this extra thing and you're like so I'm gonna do the extra thing but can you help me now (laughs) I totally get that um so I, I mean I had like mixed views on it and I think you know I think the biggest thing like I've said is just for me, the experience I've just had is just finding the right places Mm. that you know you can go to and just being open about it, being vulnerable about it. That's that's been my real help. And just kind of maybe part of that as well has been finding a network of other business owners. Has that been something that's been helpful for you in that journey? Because like you said, not everyone's going to get it. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's then about finding people that exactly so I think probably moving on from what I said before was that finding it in places that you don't just think straight away it might not Mm. be your mom or your sisters or your family or siblings it's it sometimes is other business owners it's other business friends that's where I had to step out of my zone and be a bit more uncomfortable in going into you know social situations where I'm with other business owners and you're being more open and yeah being more honest about what you're going through and that's really helped I, I don't know I think you maybe went to some of the business kind of meetings and groups that we used to have in the past mm. I think that's where I saw saw you in some places yeah, as well and so. like would have honest conversations like what are you going through and I'm like oh my gosh me too yeah. that has helped and also I've had a few like business owner friends that have actually helped me with childcare and stuff like they're mm. going they're having an event and I'm not that day and I take their kids and it's yeah it's been really helpful in that way yeah I love to hear that and I think you're so right being in those rooms where no one's puffing their chest out and saying I've just achieved this or done this but everyone's going oh my gosh do you hate VAT bills as well and oh yeah and your your Instagram engagement's also tanked okay great yeah exactly breathe a sigh of relief don't you when you know you're not the only one which is Mm -hmm. really powerful but I mean that's hard because it's something that you do have to build over time it's like make, it is making friends isn't it you don't start business day one necessarily with that network but yeah you go to the things you connect with the people you make the first move and then before you know it, you've got that great support there which exactly. I think we can both attest as you said there have kind of been big helps in business as kind of Barry and Brie grew then over those two years can you pinpoint was there a moment where you went okay this can be my full-time job this can replace my corporate work. You know, this business really has the legs to be able to go in that direction. Was there a specific perhaps opportunity or moment or was it maybe a combination of experiences that led you to start to think about that decision? Yeah, so my defining moment was on my third, just before I went on my third maternity leave. We'd had like loads of amazing collaborations, um, clients that we were working with. Go on, name name some names. (laughs) Say some of the cool names you work with. Google, Netflix. Yeah, there's loads I could... Go on and on and on. I love it. Um, There's so many like really good, and not just for me, it's not just the brands. We just had a really good customer base now and good client base in London. So I just, you know, people always ask, like, oh, when do you know? It just gets to that point you just know and it's yeah. very hard to explain that to someone but you everything around you is just aligning in that direction and mm. it's not forced because I could have I feel like I could have forced it maybe a year before and I don't think it would have aligned as well as it did when okay. I was now my third maternity just approaching my third maternity leave so that's that was end of 2019 
that's when I had actually said to myself, when I was walking out of my corporate job, going on maternity leave, I was like, goodbye, corporate <laughs> career. I hadn't told them yet, because <laughs> I was gonna tell them after mat leave, but I'd, yeah. you know when you just, I'd signed out, I was like, I'm you just done, knew. like, I'm this not is it. Back yeah, um, and I've never been back for the last um, five years. So, wow. you know, I signed out and I was like, this, this is the moment, this is my stepping stone into the scary world of business wholeheartedly without juggling the two. So that happened just before the next episode of Where the Panorama. The panorama came yeah. to play, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh, wow. How did that decision feel? Because as you said, you do kind of, when you know, you know, but I don't know that you ever know enough that it doesn't still feel scary. How it's did scary. it feel to make that leap? Or I guess even just make the decision to make the leap in future. It was absolutely scary. But I think what helped me is that just that moving into maternity leave, I kind mm. of feel that transition anyway can be quite like scary anyway. You're like having a, a, a year out of work. So for me, I felt that made it a bit easier. Yeah. But it was scary. I was just thinking to myself, what, have I, what am I doing? Like, this is insane. You've mm. got questions like, what if it's not gonna work? What if the business doesn't come? Am I gonna be able to sustain the same salary that I'm earning right now? All these questions, like how, like how is it gonna work? And one, what I've now realized is that you're gonna have so many hows and what's and ifs and whys. You're never gonna answer them all. You answer them as you go along. Cause if you try and sit down and answer all your what ifs, buts and hows for like two years in advance of now, it's just stupid. It's really silly. Like you're never gonna have a full view of every single thing that you're kind of worrying about. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things I've learned, you just work through them as you go along. Plan, yeah. yes, <laughs> but you work through it as you go along. Yeah. And you get answers to things in different ways. So that was my moment mm. at the end of 2019. I love that insight and I completely agree. It's looking at evolving in future isn't it not yeah. going oh my gosh okay I've got the five-year plan so therefore I'm safe if the last three years have taught us anything it's that it doesn't matter what your plan is the world's yeah. gonna throw <laughs> some stuff at you whether it be pandemics or you know changes in the climate whatever it might be I know something as as well that we've talked about before in private is navigating like changes with your consumer in the industry yeah. and like the only inevitable in business is everything around you will change. And so how does it make sense for us to have these really rigid plans? Yeah. If anything, you're just setting yourself up to be a little bit lost and confused when things aren't working. Yeah, <laughs> or really frustrated. And I yeah. feel like that frustration then leads you to like either procrastinate, you're lost and you're like, oh, I can't do this. It just mm. leaves you in a place where it's not gonna help you like proceed. Mm. I'm interested to hear a bit about the finances mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Don't worry, I'm not about to ask no, you. Like, <laughs> tell me how much you made last year. What did Netflix pay you? Obviously, preparing to to go full time, a lot of that is is running the numbers, right, and understanding right. like actually financially is this doable? Now, running Barry and Bree, I can imagine. And correct me if any of this is wrong. It's fairly complex in terms of working out like all of the cost of the cheese cheese is not exactly cheese is not cheap <laughs> um all of the other things that you buy you know team transport your profit margins obviously being very different to actually what the price is that people are paying you yeah um was that a, you know something maybe because of your corporate work that you felt quite equipped for or in those first few years of business was that something that you were kind of figuring out as you go i'm not a yeah. numbers person <laughs> I am not on the same a page. numbers person, okay? <laughs> Something about quantity surveyors. I'm like, that sounds really numbery. But. So I trained as a quantity surveyor and moved into program project management for a reason. <laughs> I, I started off with the maths and the calculations and I realized, you know what? This, this is, is not, not my me. calling. It's not me. And because I, I now knew that, I just knew that was my biggest weak weakness. Like mm. honestly, first year and a half of business, it was my huge weakness. That's where I made the most mistakes. Mm. that I would honestly like tell people focus on the maths it's so important it yeah. literally you do all the marketing everything else but if you're not looking at the numbers it's one of the most silliest things you can do because you're not going to progress unfortunately like your profit margins and all these things and pricing they're so important I don't know if you've realized this but like just the difference between like pricing a product or service wrong is the yeah. difference between you having a good year and a bad year <laughs> completely that and the difference between that moment which it sounds like we've probably both had multiple times where you look at the numbers you know be it in your tax return or on your 
bank statement and you're like, there's a big number there, which is how much I made. Where is that money? <laughs> it's that <laughs> yeah. moment, isn't it? Where you go, well, where has that, your accountant says, okay, you owe this much tax because this is your profit. And you're like, profit what? Like, pardon me. <laughs> here's my bank account. Please show me where that profit is. And I, I completely resonate. Yeah. Like my, my stationary business that I have, like the biggest reason that struggled in its first few years was because, and it is still because of, you know, working out actually revenue versus profit with that the same with the events that I run I always have the the sad moment post event of going oh cool there was 20p left over yeah. from that brilliant <laughs> yeah. and you know it's worth it for other reasons but I completely yeah. get what you mean so, was that the big kind of mistake that you kept coming up against so I made that mistake first year and a half I didn't have an accountant I was figuring it out all by myself I'll be honest with you you might need to because you're you're starting out and you don't have those finances. Like I said, I literally was in minors when I started this business. I had zero pounds and like, I'm not joking. I didn't have any like funds or family f putting things into the business. It was literally from bank balance zero. Trying to get in all these additional services and things. Yeah. I was like, I need to save every penny that I have. I didn't have any other funds and I wasn't going to go and source those funds until I knew that this is something that is viable. Yeah. didn't have a business plan you might not have those resources to do that and that's okay but it's really important to try and learn mm. and I wish that I'd spent time learning to do those things as much as I'd put time into maybe marketing and probably put less time into marketing and more time into finances at the beginning because it would have then just made things a lot easier when I'm now pricing and then sharing that through marketing yeah and I think sometimes we get it the wrong way around mm. <laughs> and it's because we don't maybe have that exposure to some of these resources at the beginning um, or know where to go which mm. is why the business communities are important but I guess most people actually find these communities like six months in or a year in when they're now like crap I've <laughs> just done a whole year of like pricing myself wrong literally yeah or you know not saving for tax or exactly not paying yourself in the right way I completely agree I feel like HMRC should have something that when you set up as self-employed or you know a limited company there's maybe just this like big red flashing thing on the screen like okay now maybe think about these really important things yeah, like exactly you know even like why is there not like a free online course by HMRC on tax be. and the basics of, like you said, it's almost like that financial literacy. Like just un like I remember for probably about a year, I didn't understand the difference between profit and revenue. And I would hear people say it and I almost felt too embarrassed to ask. I'd hear it said on, you know, Dragon's Den or The Apprentice or whatever. And I'd hear people talk about it and I sh went over my head. Exactly. So it's like there should be that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think a big change in moments. So when I was now leaving the leaving work for the third maternity leave, that's when mm. I was now that um, ready. Oh, VAT. So <laughs> it was that it was major jumps and mm. the blunder I made being brutally honest, I didn't realize I was that ready until two months into my mat leave. And I was like, oh, we have been for like, the last three months. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because I didn't I did have the, the accountant to like, like, hey, you're now over. Um, and that it's all those transitions. And I just feel that that's why I'm saying the finances are probably one of the most important things um, yeah. that I've learned. Yeah. And been burnt by. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? I think we all need to like go for dinner and just moan about all our financial mistakes. Exactly. And, feel a lot better for and it, I feel that sometimes people don't want to talk about these things or they're really like mm. nervous in sharing it. But, you know, it's done now and I've learnt and yeah. I'm not going back there again because it's go. painful to recover from. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned our lessons. We understand it all now. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting what you said there about in perhaps the early days, the, the overvaluation on, I guess the way that I'd put it is like, I put marketing in the camp of like that kind of external shiny action. Yeah. I think in business, you've got internal action and external and often it's the internal stuff that feels the most boring, feels least urgent or priority because no yeah. one else sees it. People mm -hmm. don't ask you to do it but generally is what lays the foundation for the external stuff. Exactly. You're so right. Like so many of us, myself included, we make the mistake of we jump to external in the early days or, you know, it can happen anytime in business. And then actually you realize, you know, 
that marketing was was great, but actually the clients it got me, that work wasn't good because yeah. my processes weren't there or my pricing wasn't there. So it's almost that prioritization, isn't it? And go, yeah, we can get to the fun, exciting external stuff, but yeah. actually we've got a few things internally we need to do mm-hmm. before we get there. But I guess you don't know that in the early days, exactly. do you? Exactly, <laughs> like when your price, well, for me, pricing the product was literally just like, oh, this is how much I'm spending, add on my, my fee and a few other bits and bobs and then done. An actual mm. fact, no, like that's not, the full cost yeah. <laughs> and so you're basically losing every single time someone's making an order with the wrong pricing and mm. it just there's a lot of things in there like you know comparing with what other people are pricing and not actually taking into account your costs yeah which is why I think the thing I've learned in business it's a very individual thing you know what you're what you are pricing mm. is going to be so different to someone else and it's being comfortable with just standing as who you are and what you're doing and yeah putting yourself out there with what you are pricing yourself at and that's fine and if they come to you that's great if not Mm. you're not for me it's fine Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it's having that um assurance that that is okay and Mm. at the beginning that's really hard and I'd imagine that idea of kind of being confident in where you sit in the industry and what you bring and your pricing must be something that over the years you've had to be kind of more and more confident in because of how the industry you're in has grown so you can shed more light on this than I could ever predict but I would imagine when you first started Berry and Brie kind of grazing table companies wasn't as much of a thing as perhaps it might be today. I would, from an external perspective, say that despite, you know, how many options there are out there, you guys really stand out as a kind of reputable, well-run, quality-driven brand. What do you think are the things that you've done that have kind of helped you to keep that kind of market share? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a question. No, it makes sense. I think I'm going to be completely honest. I went through kind of like a really hard time in the first two years where I was under so much pressure trying to build this business and mm. not knowing what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I was falling under this like comparison trap where I'm like, I need to get there, but I need to see what everyone else is doing so that I can at least be on the same level and then try and get where I'm going. And it was just such a really weird whirlwind and it's only when I now sat back and I was like right if I'm going to this was in 2019 mid 2019 or actually the beginning I was like if I'm going to make this my full-time career yeah I've got to do it for me (laughs) and it's got to be me wholeheartedly and when I look at my business I've got to see me all around it like it's just got to be me I don't care what anyone else is doing and it's at that point that the business changed and that's when we rebranded and I started putting myself out confidently and just being Mm. there before I was kind of hidden behind this logo and this brand that's selling amazing products but honestly doing what everyone else is doing and now honestly if you ask me today I don't know what anyone else is doing in the industry like I have people that do that for me but I personally have no idea and I've done that because It helps me like put my ideas and my creative juices from my heart and not with what's going on. The only thing that I focus on is like what's happening in the economy and socials, but not what anyone else is doing. And that growth Mm. is so I feel that when you get to that place, it shifts your business massively. I don't know if you've experienced this, but like. I'm not sure who hasn't ever had that comparison, not had that comparison um, thing. It's really, it's a thing to navigate, especially when you're first starting out, you're kind of thinking like, where am I? Like this person's doing this and you're like, oh, maybe that's the thing I should do. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) To kind of, and you see like, it's almost like those glistening lights from the outside. Completely. And you're not really seeing what's going on behind you know their closed doors as well and I think there's like a proverb or whatever that always it it refers to like looking at what's shining out right on everyone's front porch and not knowing what's going on inside their house (laughs) and you're driving down the road and you're like oh that house looks lovely and you have no idea that actually inside there's no sofas (laughs) so like you know it's it's that thing where you have that you start to have that Mm. confidence and for me that was the change that was the point that I really shifted the business to be where it is now and now when I see Berry and Brie I sit there and I'm like yep that's me and that's I feel that's made the difference and that's incredible that you can see that direct correlation between when you kind of gave yourself permission to run the business your way to let it reflect you to by the sounds of it bring you into the 
the content into the messaging to not hide behind the brand. And like you said, at the same time, kind of put your blinkers on. Yeah. That's the analogy that always pops into my head when I think of kind of not even competitors, just other people in the space. I just think blinkers on mm-hmm. and I'm just going to look at the steps in front of me. Yeah. And that's amazing that you can see actually the moment you did that in 2019 is when, you know, all of those metrics and the traction really started to take yeah. off. The biggest kind of, I don't know, result of it was that our, the clients that we started to get as a result straight after shifted. Wow. It shifted overnight. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not joking. Some of the brands that previously were probably going to other competitors or not even looking at us. Yeah. When I started to put myself out and we had this rebrand, it was just a change in who was coming to us and also our customer base, the way that they were like, you know, interacting with our business. It just changed. Mm. And um, I think it's really important. That's incredible to see, to have like that yeah. measurable impact. And I would imagine as well, you know, in the, the years that have been since then, bringing you into the business is also what's given it the kind of longevity because people ultimately will always come to you still because it's not building a business where people start competing on price or who can do it quickest you're building a brand and a brand is what makes people choose you over others even if some of those other elements might not compare I think that's a great example of of one of the things that I really admire in you as a business owner and that you shared more about when you were on the panel earlier this year is how from an external perspective and just from what you've kind of shared with me about the behind the scenes of Barry and Brie you are so open to evolving. You know, like we were saying, if a kind of few chats back of that idea of like having that rigid five-year business plan and how, especially with online business, that's just not the way to do it. I know something you've shared with me before is kind of how, you mentioned it then actually, kind of how big of a focus you have on being aware of how the economy and your consumers are changing. It sounds obvious, doesn't it? That that's yeah. something we need to do in business. But I can definitely say from firsthand experience and from the people that I get to chat with as well, that can actually be something that we easily don't do. We can be running a business for years without really necessarily looking around us and going how does my business need to adapt because of what's going on for my customers for my clients for the world is that something that you felt you've always had that kind of natural strength for or was there an experience that made you realize oh crap we need to be a bit more aware and evolve as a result of what we're noticing so I think the panorama is what really brought out the sensitivities Mm -hmm. and emotions that come with people and the experience that interacts with social um the social economic and political environment that we're in that really made me think wow because (laughs) my whole business went down because of the pandemic like overnight so I lost all my clients within a week wow email after email and you were in your third maternity leave and yeah we're taking the business full-time at this point so uh, this is when I found out oh I'm actually back registered oh by the way you know I'm on mat leave now yay actually no business has lost overnight all in one go like that was everything all in one go so it was quite a lot and in that (laughs) that's where I think I was on ground zero and that's when I started to listen Interesting. <laughs> and look out because <laughs> I was now looking for all the signs on how I can progress forward and what I can do. And I think if I hadn't gone through that experience, I wouldn't have really had that in- intuition or like that drive to really be sensitive mm. to customers and what they're going through or their emotions or buying Um, buying emotions at the time so that was a time where it was really important to be listening out obviously there was the news and everyone was going crazy at that time but I think obviously that was quite projected Mm -hmm. now it's you know things have settled down a bit but I'll give you a real life example of what we're experiencing right now right now the buying habits of people the buying emotions of people are quite different to what it was last year for Christmas based on current events that we all know Mm. Um, for those that listen that don't know we've got the wars that are happening and just you know all the um, things that are going on in the Middle East so that in itself clients that would previously be in that happy emotive kind of like feels of oh my gosh Christmas is here to put context we've just launched Christmas on the 27th of October but when I kind of started to see that this was kind of going on and getting feelers of it I had to sit down with my marketing team (laughs) and be like okay guys what we're gonna do is soft launch extend it so we had a soft launch but we started it a lot earlier and I said right Mm. we're actually going to post Christmas a week and a half earlier and at that time like there was nothing Christmas but I just said let's shift the calendar a bit to give our clients a slower like entry into Christmas rather than like all this is going on and you're like boom Christmas here we go like massive launch and they're like (laughs) 
what the heck? Yeah. So my decision to do that has actually been received quite well because it's been kind of, we twisted the message a little bit and started to get them to step into our world and like the behind the scenes. So I actually spent like a good two days. Once all this stuff was, I could see that, you know, this is actually gearing up to be quite big yeah. on the news and everything. And I just added in more emails that are more kind of like emotion bringing. So bringing them into like what we're doing behind the scenes, mm. working on bits and pieces. This is what we are like, um, how we've brought the shoot together, um, what we're planning for Christmas, but not necessarily selling the launch, nice. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a real life example of what I've just done mm. like in the last month and a bit. And it's worked because people, I can see the the read value of our, like the read metrics of our emails. You can see that they are reading it. They might not act on it there and then, but with the power mm. of marketing, you're in the back of their heads. And then when they do come around yeah. and it's now the time where it's actually nearer to Christmas, you're kind mm. of stuck there in their head. But if you're just going to bombard them with the message of Christmas at a time that's quite sensitive and mm. then it's like full on and you haven't given them a lot of like warm up or context before that. Yeah. I've just realized that just doesn't work. Mm, yeah, That's an amazing example. And really what I take from that is a level of kind of sensitivity almost that you run your business with. Not sensitive in the sense of, you know, someone says I don't like your cheese and you cry, like not that sensitivity. Yeah. More the, the sensitivity to what your customers, clients, audience might be needing from you and a willingness to quite quickly by the sounds of it adapt to that. I think sometimes in business, you know, those external factors can happen you know, things going on in, in the world or with the economy, pandemic being a good example of this. And we can have this almost victim mentality where mm -hmm. we go, this is happening to me. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, my business is failing or Christmas isn't taking off in the way that I thought it would. And sometimes when we have that reaction, we then don't think practically. Whereas by the sounds of it, that example being a great way of kind of demonstrating it, you go, okay, I'm noticing this, I guess based on past experience, you've yeah. learned, okay, if there's stuff going on in the world, people need an approach from us that's a bit more gentle, a bit more yeah. drawn out. Okay, cool. How do we change the plan to yeah. adapt to that? That's a really impressive mindset to be able to come at that with. But I guess the, the other alternative when you do react from the more emotional place is that it doesn't really help your business in the long run. So on the 27th of October, we actually had like full on big launch videos and things. And that's when I could see it was like the peak of news, yeah. like news headlines. And I just told the team like, no, we'll just do a post mm. and we're gonna gradually spread those videos out across the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot lighter, but the message is still there. And yeah, I'm trialing it out, but I know for sure that I've had a look at, you know, the bigger brands and the bigger mm. that we all know. And they've the back some of the backlash that they've got from like going full on, yeah, has been crazy. And I'm like, I'm so glad <laughs> I, <laughs> that I listened that. to that little. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Intuition. It's like gradually, and obviously they know that every year. You know, every year, like around this time, you're gonna get the big brands kind of putting out their Christmas messaging, which is not wrong. Don't get me wrong. It's it's fine. But I think because we're such a smaller business and we've got such a smaller community mm. to get those orders in and to get that like, you know, that warmth from the clients. Yeah. We have to really be sensitive in how we like approach and put this out. We can't compete with the big brands that you know they're definitely going to get people buying from them from Christmas because mm. yes, I do want Christmas pies <laughs> from there. Do you know what I mean? There's a yeah. difference. Yeah. Um so yeah. By the sounds of it then is the way that you kind of operate the business and work with team is that kind of value of, you know, agility and listening and adapting because of that is that kind of quite a clear value that you communicate to the team and kind of prioritize because it almost sounds like part of your job description as the founder and CEO is that part of your job is to be doing that kind of thinking and and noticing like you said it's listening isn't it you know it's really important to listen and be all ears and be really aware of what's happening so mm. when you're seeing something that's happening don't just walk past it because sometimes it actually does impact your business in ways that you're not quite thinking and it's just to sit back and I do sit down with the team I think my team now have just like adapted they actually <laughs> mess me up like, have you seen this and it's like yeah no I think that's fine don't worry I don't think that's going to impact us like it's okay yeah I think generally everyone's now got the ears 
because it, it, it really shows in the orders that you get. The approach that we've taken now, and also we just did this like short-term discount for like a week and a half, something I would not have done in the past. Mm. But I realized that to get those early bird orders that we previously would have just got from doing that massive launch yeah. would not really be there as in, a, in the big way that it was last year mm. because of what's going on and the emotions. I realized that we did that when we launched on the 27th and it was so big. Like it kind of covered and I didn't really feel, then feel that like, you know, that dip, which I did feel it was a bit quieter generally mm. when probably the last three weeks. Obviously you've got, you think of loads of things. For example, summertime, our clients when they're on holidays and things, they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, people aren't there. So we ha we think of all these things and the emotions and the type of messaging we put out at that time mm. um, throughout the whole year. So what I now do is I just map out the whole year and I think of like, what are the emotions of my clients? In January, for example, everyone's like, I've just spent loads for Christmas. Mm. <laughs> I'm not really looking to buy more. This is for like our everyday customers, but then the brands and everything, they've got a different mindset. So yeah. we kind of have like, I don't, know, I don't know if you could call it an emotional mood board or like an emotional <laughs> timeline, but basically we have a timeline and every type of our customer, we explore the emotions that they go through throughout the year. Wow. And it really kind of works with all of our marketing and our messaging. I know there'll be so many people that are like, BRV, <laughs> off to do that. That's what I need. Yeah. But I love that. I think that's a great example of what we were saying earlier of those internal actions that no one else really sees. They don't feel urgent. I can imagine when you first did that set, you know, making the time to sit and, and listen and think and map that out must, you know, isn't always easy, right? But it's that internal work that then allows your marketing and the way that you kind of share the business, your messaging, everything else to be as impactful and aligned as possible. Yeah. I love knowing those, like, <laughs> what are the things you do on the inside? It's fascinating to me. Something that I'd really like to touch on as we kind of, conclude this conversation is actually something you shared about at the event earlier in the year and it was something that I had so many people at the event or you know in messages or, or content that they tagged me in afterwards saying really really resonated with them was what you shared around kind of your experiences with burnout and as we've touched on a few times kind of talking about your story growing and now scaling Berry and Brie has sounds like a pretty full-on affair for you would you mind sharing, you know, whichever experience you want to talk about, kind of a little bit of what burnout has looked like for you? Yeah, burnout is a really kind of like emotional word for me because mm. I've had such a, a big experience with it and it's really real. And I honestly wouldn't want anyone to get to that point. It's not healthy. And um, I was actually telling Alice before I started this chat that I've just come back from holiday. And that's something that I would not have given myself the space to do at such short notice because I had this mindset that I need to get my things done. Like I need to be getting there. I need to push forward. Mm. And it's just constant and not giving yourself time to breathe or thinking actually it's the mindset that you can't have a break. That's the issue. <laughs> and in actual fact, having the breaks is where I'm in my most productive state. Getting to that realization has taken years. Mm. It's taken a long time. Just me coming back from holiday now, I've come back with so much inspiration and so many ideas and so much like creative thought that I would not have if I'm in like my everyday, like, let's go, let's do this. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like, you know, constant. You don't have that time for your brain to just relax and mm. think through what you're doing properly mm -hmm. without having to think because you need to do that thing and it's due next week or in a month or a week yeah so for me my breaking point was I burnt out so much that I literally just slumped one day from pure burnout this was mm. like constantly working I was sleeping two three hours a day I've basically been like you know looking after kids my children are well at the time now they're like three under seven year old so but at that time it was like three under five Wow. So I'm dealing and with And a like new business. So that's basically four <laughs> under five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, looking after very young children in mm. itself, just motherhood on its own is like really taxing on your body. And then bearing in mind, I just, that transition, the emotional 
there's a lot of things that come with like transition periods in your life. Yeah. Um, emotionally, mentally, these are things that I never used to focus on. I never used to focus on my mental health. I never used to focus on like, you know, that gut feeling that, you know, like actually I'm now stretching myself. Mm. I need to slow down. I never used to listen to that inner voice. I used to just think like, come on, you can do this. It's fine. Like we've got to get this done because we've yeah. got that goal that we need to meet. Whilst yes, I managed to achieve some things in that time from doing that. I really don't think looking back, I would not have achieved them by having a break. Like. <laughs> Do you know, taking a day out from your work is not going to have an impact on your overall output. In actual fact, it makes you more productive. And yeah. the thing that I had to start doing is to systematically order my output and what I'm putting my time to and when. Because your to-do list is never <laughs> going to finish. Like, like I said, I went on a holiday and before I went on holiday... I actually went against what I'm saying now, but I was like, I'm not gonna sleep for like properly for two days because I have this really long list that I need to get done. But this is where I'm coming to is that I told myself that I'm not going to do that because I knew mm. I was giving myself a week and a half of rest afterwards, okay? Yeah. So I knew that I've got this really big to-do list. If I don't do these things before I go on holiday, when I come back, I'm gonna be so stuffed. Mm. And I've come back now and I'm not like fully working. I've actually blocked out dates like off work, off work for like nice. three days. But I've kind of told myself two days of pain and, you know, almost two weeks of break. And before I used to just be like, it was constant zero break. And that's where mm. the burnout happens, where you feel like you need to constantly work mm. to get somewhere. And no, you don't. You really don't. And that's where the priorities prioritization of my tasks have come from mm. so I really look at like my short-term goals and my long-term goals if there's obviously pressing things like the Christmas launch which honestly takes my time we started planning this January so wow. that's what I've learned as well is that don't try and do things that are so big in such a short space of time and then yeah. expect not to be under pressure <laughs> I don't know whether it's my temperate or my star sign but I just I thrive under pressure. I feel like work gets done under pressure and I procrastinate. I I'm a deadline girl. If you exactly. want it tomorrow, it'll be done yeah. tonight. But if I tell, if imagine if I was to tell you, oh, this is done in, you, we need this in three months. You kind of like drag your feet. Well, I drag my feet for a bit. Absolutely. Until like two, three weeks before. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. go, go, go. So um, I think it's just working through that and realizing that doing that is actually so bad for your growth and getting to the point that procrastination does not help you in the long term. So give me an example. We started planning Christmas in January um, and last year I started doing Christmas like two months before we needed to launch. You know, when you start seeing, and there's loads of like business advisors on socials, they're like, have you started planning Christmas yet? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're just starting <laughs> to plan like the mood ball for the shoot in June. Um, and you know, like we had all of my content and everything was done by June this mm. year. And for the first time I've been able to go on holiday three times, well actually, four times this year, just from planning my whole year and saying, mm. I am not going to burn out, but I am going to put out good work and I'm gonna make sure that things get done. So that's been a major growth. Mm. It's been a process and it's really being easy on yourself and knowing that I can't be working so hard and impacting my body, my mental health mm. for the sake of work. Yeah. It's incredible to yeah. kind of hear you <laughs> on the other side of that. Yeah. And, and by the sounds of it, really having learned what you can really practically do to avoid that burnout. But like you said, kind of sit, it's always sitting in the messy middle, isn't it? Not at the extremes. Like yeah. it, the opposite of burnout is not, you know, we work two hours a day, sat on a beach all the time. No. It's like you said, planning, it's trade-offs. I love that example you shared of like to take almost two weeks off. Yeah, I did spend two days working crazy hard yeah but that's business isn't it it's mm -hmm. looking at right what can I trade off to get what I want and I, I wonder if this is true for you it's definitely true for me that it, those first few experiences of burnout are almost and same as you I wouldn't recommend anyone do it themselves but a little bit of a necessary route to learn those lessons I don't know if you're similar in that when I was really kind of working in the wrong way it doesn't didn't matter what anyone would say to me mm -hmm. they could say Alice you're gonna burn out 
Alice, you're overdoing it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. And then it is those moments, isn't it, where you feel so low, where you go, okay, maybe, maybe there's something in this that I need to be improving yeah. here. Like the burnout for me, I realize I'm not superhero. I'm not superwoman. Like it's mm. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what I th I think I, th I did it, I did say this in the event the other time that when I did burn out and I was so ill for like a week and then I came back and everything in the business was fine I just said to myself like what the heck yeah <laughs> what am I so stressed about <laughs> it was it felt so stupid it was like it's not that like it wasn't busy for my staff or anything it was but it's not like the world crumbled around me. And I thought to myself, you know what? I can actually schedule in rest days mm. throughout like quarters of the month of the year and have time away. And it was mm. also impacting like time with my children. Like I felt so, it's almost like I felt so guilty. It got to the point I felt so guilty spending time, quality time with my kids. Cause like mm. I've got emails to respond to and like it's so unhealthy and just, implementing those barriers and saying like and boundaries that you know now I've worked my nursery out like the my child's nursery hours around the time I'm working and I'm sorry like after two I'll respond to you, to you tomorrow it's okay and then obviously if I see an, a message from like a top brand I'm gonna be like I'll ping my team like guys I think we need to respond to this today but I'm not gonna sit there be working endlessly for those extra four hours mm. and instead not give time to other areas of my life and that's what it's it's almost like a um a circle of like what's the word if you if you burn out right and then you go through this cycle of like feeling bad and then oh my gosh I haven't done this and yet you're still ticking off thing of things off the list anyway like it just doesn't make sense yeah and then I'm like oh but I feel bad I haven't done this and I and do you know what you're never gonna be in a place where you're like right everything's in order you're not and mm -hmm. once you start to get to that point, you just then say, okay, what is my balance? What's my like mm. level headed moment where I can say like, this is how I'm gonna do my do my things. And yeah. it will balance up and down, yes, but this is as far as I'm gonna go. Mm, I think that's such a, a encouraging, but also very realistic way of us looking at, like you said, kind of that idea of balance of not being, okay, that it's a destination. Oh, I'm going to have a, a daily schedule that feels perfect. I, it's always a bit stretchy, isn't it? And there are those moments where you go, okay, I'm being pulled from this to this and that doesn't feel great, but that's my choice. Or yeah, I'm having to, to fit this in in a certain way and it's hard work, but it is worth it. As it is, it's not expecting, is it? The, the opposite of burnout is this kind of beautifully serene and organized day to day. <laughs> it's wish. just better, isn't it? It's like, how yeah. do we just make this a bit better? And I think the biggest thing is being aware, isn't it? Like you said, being aware of what your version of balance is and aware that when you run a business, you do get to decide how and when you work. And I think we forget that. Um, That's the beauty. Mm. So if you're to ask me the biggest advantage of running a business, it's not that I work less. I work more than I worked in the corporate world. I'm not being funny, but working <laughs> nine to five, like that was blissful I know. because you leave and you really leave after, at the end of the day. But I dream sometimes <laughs> the things that I'm like, I don't know if you ever do this, like you start dreaming like this launch that you're working on or something, or you just start thinking at random times you're in bed and you're like, oh, and then I have to tell myself, actually, no, this is time to switch off. One thing I did say at the event was I plan my to-dos in chunks, like in, in blocks. And I say, what are the outcomes that I want for November? And I actually did this um, on the way back on the flight. <laughs> and I was like, Love okay, that. you know, I'm approaching the new month. This is the only bit of work I'm gonna do for two hours in the plane. I just need to figure out what is the final outputs that I want for November. Mm. And I put those down and then I write down the tasks underneath nice. those blocks. And from there, I just say, okay, I've got four weeks or sometimes five weeks. And I put them in those weeks and sometimes it might be split. So I don't really feel, my to-do list before were like individual items. And it's like, Monday, I'm gonna tick off these 20 things. And it's like, no, you're not, darling. You're <laughs> not gonna do it. Cause yeah. you probably get through like five and you've had mm. to split in between having calls, emails or some, like things just happen. And I found doing that helps me work towards the overall goal with mm. those individual tasks within those headings. Yes. And it feels less overwhelming. Yeah. And then at the end of the month, I'm like, tick, I've actually achieved this. 
as messy as it has been to get there, mm -hmm. but it's now done. Um, and it's just having that grace on yourself that like you are working towards something, but you're not a robot where like, obviously there's some tasks that yes, you have to do them. But yeah. like there was one thing I did this year, I was like, I need to get all like the 40 email marketing bits for Christmas done. And I, I stupidly wrote like, this will be done in three days. It made <laughs> me laugh afterwards. <laughs> Cause I was like 10 emails a day. And then I got through like five at the end of the day. I was like, um, actually, no, <laughs> let's reassess this. And yeah. I just split it across the month. And I thought to myself, do you know what? Like I'm always preaching about this to myself. Like mm. why am I putting myself under so much pressure? it's going to get done. You just yeah. have to do it in a way that's realistic. Completely. Yeah. And it, it's so simple, isn't it? But amazing how much we don't do it is that reverse engineering. Yeah. And going, the, the goal is not to tick off a to-do list. The goal is to achieve those, those bigger goals. And I'm completely the same. I've only been doing it the last few months, but it's been a game changer just looking at each month and I, every single month, and then I stick the post-it note on my laptop. So I look at it all the time, like, what are the goals? Yeah. And then just as you said then, then looking, okay, in each week, what are the mini goals that relate? And then every day, what are the tasks? Yeah. And then you end a, a day, a week, a month, whatever it might be, not just feeling like, yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. But actually being able to go, yeah, I've moved this forwards. I've achieved that. I've done that. And yeah, I think that's a really good kind of encouragement for people on that note of burnout and balance is also just looking at like where is your time being spent yeah and how can you be focused not on your you know ticking off of to-dos but actually your achieving of goals because yeah. it's those goals being achieved that's going to grow the business so because ultimately everyone is busy let's not lie we're all busy but yeah what is your busy looking like yeah <laughs> and is, is it. busy actually successful and profitable yeah and that's I, I think that because you can be busy responding to emails all day yeah, and, oh my I, gosh, and I think I could spend all day doing my inbox. And that's Absolutely. where, like, as you grow as a business, I've had to learn, like, okay, these small, these, okay, not small, they're huge, but these elements in the business are not going to shift things for me. Mm. And in the way of delegating, so that is what I will delegate. And the things that are big game changers that I need to work on that are going to shift the business, that is my to-do list. Yeah. Do you see? Completely. But you can be so, I could literally say, oh, I'm so busy, Alice, this whole week. And I'm just responding to emails, like, and mm. like, you know, on socials doing certain elements that are not pushing, they're just the top end of things. Yeah. So it's really having those hard conversations with mm -hmm. yourself. Cause like you said, it's often the things that we don't want to do. Yeah. Completely resonate with that. I feel like this is a perfect note to end <laughs> on. Cause I now think the listeners all need to go and have a think about what are the things, where are they busy, not productive? And what would be the, those changes? Yeah, maybe the things that they're not putting time into, or as you said, delegating, planning in a certain way that means that their time is kind of being used in the most intentional way. I think that's yeah. a great <laughs> challenge to leave people on. Um, as kind of a, you know, closing words, I know we've touched on so many topics today and I know that people each take so much individual value from that. You know, I guess looking at kind of the big thing we've tracked through in this conversation is your story. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I wonder if a lot of the listeners might resonate with maybe where you were, perhaps kind of 2019, you know, juggling a lot of things, mm -hmm. looking to kind of, take the business to that next level perhaps not knowing how or just feeling quite kind of in you know in the weeds of growth yeah if you could kind of go back to past you yeah. what would be perhaps the encouragement or kind of sentiment or tip that you might leave her with oh wow that's a really big question because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's got? a lot of things <laughs> that I would say to her in 2019 yeah um but I would definitely say is to keep going. When I say keep going, I mean keep going at the vision and the goal and in the direction that you are heading towards because it's really easy in that stage to give up. And I think we've always heard this saying that it's often at the hardest point, it's where you're gonna tip to the biggest point that you're, or the biggest area that you're heading to, or that's where, you know, that's where it's all gonna come into fruition. Yeah. So, I've noticed generally, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, Alice, that when it's feeling really hard is actually what I now enjoy. Mm -hmm. Because when I know something is really difficult and I'm really struggling to like get through a certain phase, I'm like, I'm onto something. Um, and it's kind of embracing it 
rather than mm. repelling it because when you embrace it and see it from a positive perspective I find it so much easier and I don't know with mm. you whether you've kind of experienced that when you're really finding something quite difficult with anything that you're doing whether it's a launch or a product new product that you're launching or yeah. anything it's not the easy times that are like where things happen it's mm. in that really hard phase and that phase of trying to figure out am I there yet what am I doing yeah that is where the gold is yes <laughs> I could not agree more that's where the I gold is and yeah. um if you understand that and appreciate that and embrace it you will you will look back and mm. be like wow that was my turning moment and that hard time is my turning moment mm. and if I'd given up at that point Barry and Brie wouldn't be here today. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's really powerful. I think, I feel like I needed to hear that today, let alone the listeners. You're so right. I wrote something actually in my journal the other day that was like, I'm realizing the more messy, chaotic and desperate I feel, the more the business is growing. Yeah. And it, it is that reframe, isn't it, of looking at that as actually this is happening for me, not to me. And this will lead to something really exciting. And I think that's a great encouragement for people that are in those seasons, lean in you know, feeling that way is not a red flag. As you said, with that, you know, great porch analogy, these businesses you look up to have those seasons. You just can't see them. Exactly. They're behind the scenes. They're secret. They happened in the past. So it's, it's a great reminder. Also, just with everything you've so honestly shared today, which I so appreciate for all of us, I think, just to look at how we're growing with a bit more compassion and go, do you know what? Yeah, it does feel a bit messy yeah. and hard, but this is worth putting in the work for. Yeah. And super scary. I, I think for me, I actually thrive off the fear now. Mm. And it's weird to say that, but... <laughs> We're all a bit messed up <laughs> as business owners, aren't we? <laughs> but you know when I'm doing something, right? And if it's not scaring me, I know that it's not a big thing. Mm. So when I'm doing something and I don't feel that genuine like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? Wow. I know deep down it's not the biggest or the like, yeah, the biggest move for the business. Mm. Because I found that whenever I'm in that state of anxiety, fear, and what am I gonna do? And I'm questioning myself. I know that this thing is really pushing me where I need to go. Yeah. But when I'm really comfortable and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just doing that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, we'll get there. You know, I've, I've got this thing I'm working on and yeah, it's gonna be fine. And I don't have that element. I just know that mm. it's, it's great, but it's not a big thing. So. Yeah just as an encouragement that that fear, embrace it and actually find ways to cope within it and, and work through it, but it's the best mm. stage of your business. Yeah, I love that. I think that's the perfect note to end on. <laughs> I have to say, Mako, thank you so much for just everything you've shared in this episode. Such honesty, also such practical insight. I know that when I'm listening back to this, I'm gonna be taking all that inspiration back again. Like, okay, I'm gonna go so. <laughs> make that document and do that plan and do that thing. So yeah, just wanna thank you for everything you've shared. All of your links and Barry and Bree's links will be in the show notes so people can come and see the business that we've been talking about oh, today. So yeah, I just you. wanna thank you for being here. No, thanks so much. And um, I really do hope that this has helped someone. It will. It's not all, um, you know, shining glasses <laughs> on the outside. It's a lot that goes on behind it. And I just exactly. hope that everyone has that encouragement to keep going. I know they absolutely will. So I'm very excited to hear from the listeners. If you have enjoyed this, pop me and or Barry and Bree's account a message to let us know what you thought. And um, yeah, catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>